It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Man, we have a great show lined up for you today, folks. We've got Buddy Kofoit, Derek Hagar, Chase Rodman, and Trenton Berry. And we're going to be talking about a lot of racing today on the show. Kirk, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Your, another... your microphone's all whopper jawed. What's going on there? I don't know. It just won't stay in one spot. But no, I had a great weekend. Went to both of us were in Iowa, but we were in different racetracks. You were you went to Corning this weekend. Went right? to the Adams County Speedway for the Malvern Bank Late Model Series. Had thirty two race cars up there in the late model division. Pretty good show. Yeah. Uh, Justin Zeitner, who won at Houston's the week before that during the Silver Dollar Nationals, stopped the field on Saturday night. Uh, but uh, the heat races were a lot better than the main event. He was so dominant that he just uh, he spanked everybody up there, led pretty much the whole way. Right. The support classes were really some pretty good races up there, but I had a good time going up to my old racetrack up there, seeing a lot of great friends and yep. hanging out up there on Saturday night. You were at Knoxville. I was at Knoxville. Yep, I had a good time up there, and uh, I got to thank my our good friend, Bob Baker for allowing me to set up there in the uh, the uh, the suite up there. It was just a beautiful scenery up there, man. It, there's not a better seat in the house than sitting up in in one of those suites over there at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. You know what the best seat in the house though, is on top of the Brian Clawson Tower. I think that's about the best view of the whole race track. I don't want to stand up. <laughs> you want to sit down? I want to sit down when I'm watching now, the race. I, when I was up there last week, I just sat up in the main front grandstands. Right. And uh, watched from up there. So mm-hmm. you, you did different. You were down in turn two. I was over in turn two. I enjoyed it. Uh, Rico picked up the win, beating Buddy Kofoid. What What'd you think about that, Kurt? Rico was fast. Mm-hmm. I thought Buddy was going to run away with it again. He'd already won Friday night at I-70 Motorsports Park, and I thought there for a while he was going to make it two in a row. But Rico had other ideas. Right. So um, Justin Henderson ended up running third. Austin McCarl was fourth. And Brian Brown ended up running in the top five. So what would you think of that? Macri, Anthony Macri, he ended up running sixth. Yeah, and the and the Tyler Court that room that the car that Tyler Courtney spit, normally drives. Spit it out, Kurt. <laughs> the car that Tyler Courtney normally drives with Sunshine is sitting out for a while. I'm not sure how soon Sunshine will be back in that ride, but uh Macri had a lot better night Saturday than he did Friday night mm-hmm. at I-70, just put it that way. At a track that he won a year ago in that 39M car, but uh yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Brownie didn't have a little bit better run the way he's been running up there. Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe he'd have a Kirk, have, a, have, a, have j- a chance to win that race on Saturday night. Just, just so you know, the best drivers in the world were there. 
Yes, but Brown won a World of Outlaws race back in June, if you remember that, and finished second in the other race. So, Kirk, uh, I just I just expected him some to of the best drivers there. in the world were there, yeah. right? And, and, and listen, this isn't just a standard Saturday night show at Knoxville. Well, I get all that, but again, I repeat. Brian Brown finished first and second when the World of Outlaws were up there in June. Right. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens here in a couple of weeks when the uh, NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals. Well, we will be pulling for Blackjack Brian Brown for sure. Yeah, we're we're Brownie fans. Yeah. You know, we'll admit that. Right. So I was he's a a hometown guy, right? He's he's from he's from Kansas City here. So. But anyway, I love Rico Abreu, too. I'm a, I'm a big Rico fan. Mm-hmm. And, man, what a season he's had. He's got Ricky Warner as his crew chief. And if he's not winning races, he's running up front. And if you look at the races that he's won in the past week, he won that World of Outlaws race at Williams Grove. He won the high limits race outrunning Kyle Larson at Grandview Speedway, a track that he really does well at. And then he right. comes to Knoxville on Saturday night and wins. So you have to put Rico Abreu in the mix as those guys got a chance to win the Nationals coming up here in a couple of weeks. I, I, I'll tell you this. I believe that Buddy Kofoid might have as good a chance as to outrun Rico as anybody else. The 83 yeah. junior car is really fast. And he led some laps. I don't know how many laps he led. We led uh, quite a few from the video that I saw. He he looked like he was going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. Looked like he was going to pull off the double for the weekend. And we're going to have Buddy on here just a few minutes to talk about it. Right. But, you know, I was up there at Houston Speedway here in June, and he was on his way to victory for $250,000 until – the engine let go, that Toyota engine mm-hmm. blew up up there, and David Gravel picked up the win. So Buddy Kofoid in that Roth Motorsports car certainly has a machine that can challenge with the best of them, no doubt about it. Right. Last night, David Gravel picked up the win at Wheatsport. He did, and uh, there was a local guy on the pole of that race, a guy, a Varen. Uh, he ended up pulling off the racetrack, but David Gravel and Carson Macedo were the two fast guys last night. Yeah. Uh, it looked like Sheldon Hoddenshield may have had something for him last night, but he banged it off that wall, that right rear, a little bit too hard too many times, and he wasn't able to make it to the end. But uh, Carson Macedo ended up in the number two spot behind David Gravel, and we've talked about this on Saturday, and we've talked about it for some weeks now. I think it's a three-horse race for the World of Outlaws Championship. Brad Sweet going for his fifth in a row. He had another solid finish, not as good as Gravel and Macedo, but those three guys right there are going to fight it out for the championship. Right. Yeah. Um, Kirk, I don't know if you heard this or not, but um, they have parted ways with Tim Schaefer in the 45 car. Have you heard of that? Boy, the silly season continues on, doesn't it? The uh, Steel City... Outlaw has been uh, driving that car for many years, and um, they, they've just parted ways. Did you know that? That was surprising. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that. Uh, that That's a ride that he's had a lot of success in. Right. Uh, he went away from that ride, came back, and uh, 
man, we're seeing news just about every week of drivers moving out of rides and swapping uh, drivers a, and Kirk, a lot of lot of movement going on in sprint car racing right now. It's a young man's game now. Yeah. Right. Tim Schaefer is one of the older guys. One of the older guys. But you know what? He's got a Knoxville Nationals crown to sh- put on his resume. Right. No doubt. So that that's a big deal. I guess Landon Myers was in the one, they called it the 1M car for Shark Racing last night when after Jacob Allen decided or stepped out of the ride there for right. a while. Landon Myers, who was at Eldora running the third Shark Racing car, mm-hmm. uh, was in that, uh, they called it the 1M car when Jacob Allen was driving as the 1A. Uh, that was Bobby Allen's old number, by the way, but 1M and uh, Landon Myers was in that car. I, I, I've got to give a shout out to Marie. She always sends me little tidbits of information that's going out around in PA. And uh, the the Grove Racing Team wishes him nothing but the best in future endeavors, and we hope to continue to see him from time to time at the track. And it was a week ago when we found out Lance DeWeese had been uh, let go from the Don Kreitz 69 car. Mm-hmm. So something happens just about every week now in sprint car racing. Do you think it's because of their age? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I always say follow the money, and the performance has got to go with it. And there's not a lot of patience by some of these team owners. They're going to make moves a lot quicker right. than they ordinarily would. Uh, Parker Price Miller, how many rides has he been in this year? I mean, we've we've seen. Uh, you know, Anthony Macri lead the 39M car. Uh, I mean, we've just seen so many changes now in sprint car racing, and we're not even to the nat- we're not even to the first August yet. Right, Kirk. Let Let me just say this: Do you think the best female driver in the country right now is Jade Avedisian? No question about it. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt about it. Jade Abadesian, the what she has done here in the last week, uh, beginning with that uh, extreme midget win on a week ago Saturday at the Southern Illinois Speedway, she backed that up with another win on Saturday night that will that's legendary, the move that she pulled on Daniel Whitley coming off the fourth turn, the final corner to the checkered flag, and wins her second straight Extreme Outlaw Midget Series victory. And then last night at Peebles, Ohio, she almost pulled it off again. She tried to pull a slider on Daniel Whitley, couldn't make it stick, but she hadn't given up. But a left rear tire went down on her car, and that was it. For her, but she is in the mix now at just about everywhere she goes in a midget, including the USAC midgets. But I think she's won four races now in Outlaw Midget three. Series. Three. Is, is it three? Three. She's yeah. 44 points out of the point lead right now to Cannon McIntosh, who's had some pretty mixed results here lately. He's not been running up near the front like we're used to seeing Cannon McIntosh, but he still holds a 44-point lead over Jade Kurt, in do, the Extreme Outlaw Midget point standings. Do you think we'll see Jade eventually make it into NASCAR? 
Sure, why not? I think she's going to. I mean, if you're a. Yes. Is she better than Danica? Oh, yeah. A lot better. I think so. Yeah. Even Danica Patrick herself admitted it's not in the female makeup to really be aggressive and strong. Well, and she, she and she caught a lot of flack for saying those things, but you know what, Danica? Tell that to Jade Abadishi. Right, she's she's really good. Because when you watch Jade race, hey, Todd. she is after it. Every lap, she goes for it. She goes for it, for and sure. she's determined, and she wants to win. And let me tell you something: that's going to carry her a long way, I believe. Yeah, no doubt. So she she got that win at Southern Illinois Speedway, and then last uh, at Atomic at too. Atomic, right? That's a tough racetrack. Oh, it is. Yeah, no doubt. Chillicothe, Ohio. So now I, what she's done here this past week is is pretty thrilling to watch, and uh, I think pretty legendary when it comes to female race car drivers that I've watched over the years. In my mind, she's right at the top. What she's doing. Okay. Um, Kirk, Davy Frank, Davy Frannick, Frannick's crash at Knoxville. That was a, let me, let me just wow. say that that wreck was a grinding wreck. That was in the 360 a main right on Saturday night. And, and, and let me tell you something. He, he's got a broken shoulder, bruised ribs, possible concussion, and a really bad broken arm. That was a that was a wicked wicked crash. Sammy Swindell is happy to see him. He didn't look. He looked. He no looked less for the worth, uh, When he climbed out of that car, uh, I was worried for Sammy. He, he, Sammy looked a little dinged yeah. when he was walking to the ambulance, and they put him in the ambulance to check him out. But the way he was walking, it it, it to me it looked like that he was he was a little messed up. And let's not forget, Sammy is 68 years old. He's not a young man. No. No. So, uh, yeah, we're our prayer's going out for Davey Frannick. We hope he gets well soon. But that was, uh, and that happens at Knoxville. You see some wicked crashes like that. They're going at such high speeds. And, uh, you know, if you're sitting there and you get hit by another race car, that's that's a tough one. Right. So, yeah. Man, uh Let's hope that Davey uh, heals up and gets back to racing. That yeah. was the 28 car, I believe it was. Uh, I believe you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good night for Garrett Williamson. He wins again up there, started on the pole, and held off Aaron Reitzel and Chase Randall, who won last. Chase Randall won the 410 race at Houston's last night. Right. So. Chase Randall is a pretty good race car driver. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. One of the young and up-and-comers for sure. He's won a couple of times at Knoxville. I saw him went up there a week ago at uh, Knoxville, or a couple weeks ago at Knoxville. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a pretty good racer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Phil uh, Travis Philo Travis Philo Philo nips Cap Henry at Fremont. Did you see that? I didn't see the race, but I saw the uh, results of that. Philo. Travis Philo. Philo. So uh, I'm terrible with names. That's how you you say it. Philo. 
How about the biggest news of the week in my mind? Ricky Thornton Jr. does it again. He wins the Prairie Dirt Track Classic at Fairbury Speedway, and he looked dominant on Saturday night. At one point, he had to restart in sixth because something it, the engine died on him or something at one point, and they threw a yellow flag for him, and they've got a blend rule in the World of Outlaw Late Model Division, and they said he should blend in behind Brian Shirley in sixth place. So in the double-file, Delaware double-file restart, he starts sixth. And it looks like Bobby Pierce, who's really good at Fairbury, was, you know, you, you got to favor him if he's starting out in front. But here comes Ricky Thornton mounting a charge in a big way mm-hmm. and takes the lead and wins in pretty dominant fashion. Ricky Thornton Jr., who'd had a little bit of a lull over the last couple of weeks. He didn't win some races here over the last couple of weeks, but but certainly he's back on top now as he wins the $62,000 at the Prairie Dirt Track Classic on Saturday night. At a great racetrack, by the way. Fairbury Speedway always delivers on the track prep and the racing up there, and they did again on Saturday night. Ryan says that um, Ricky Thornton Jr.'s crank switch went out yeah boy it's uh that but but he was able to gather it back in it, it came back to life right away after that but uh they'd already thrown the yellow flag at that point so and they and they've got a a different rule yet you don't go to the back they they've got a blend in if you're still running if you, if you don't come to a complete stop and you're still running they blend you back in to where you were when the yellow came out. Yeah. They said he was set. I thought he was higher up in that, and he did too. Thornton complained about it. He stopped and complained about it to an official and said, nope, that's where you belong. So Thornton restarted in six, but it didn't matter. He still won. Right. Um. So anyway, I, I want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Zach Chapel. He was on a three-year drought with OCRS, and he picked up the win this weekend. It, it, for me, that is, I, I'm I'm a little puzzled because I I would have thought that Zach had won some races. I would too. Between, I didn't think it'd been three years. No, but. I just want to give him a little bit of a shout out yeah. because he's a good friend of mine. He's one of the uh, big runners in the ASCS back in the day. Back in the day, he was the youngest driver to win a national championship at the age of 19 years old. Did you know that? Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's he, a, uh, did, he stepped out of a car for a while. Didn't he retire for, for a few years? He didn't race well, for he a had, while, he? He, he had some kids. Yeah. Kirk, when you have kids, I, 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 I'm so excited right now that my daughter is going to have a kid and it's going to be a boy how about that todd changes everything yeah man i can't imagine i mean being a parent's one thing grandparents a different ball game i I, I can't wait but it's going to cost me some money well it always does you're going to try to get him in a race car even if you you don't get him in a race car it's still going all the toys he's going to want i'm going to try to get him in a junior sprint yeah Better be careful. Mom might not be. Mom, mom isn't going to care. I can tell you that right now. Uh, well. 
Um, Logan Wagner is in the 69K car for the remainder of the Port Royal races in 2023. He's a good driver, Mm -hmm. especially at Port Royal. He knows how to get it done. Hey, one other thing. Congratulations to Brady Bacon. He is the champion champion of the Indiana Sprint Week and a bummer that Saturday night's race at Hobstadt got rained out, but he already, I think he was going to win it anyway, but you know, too bad they weren't able to get that race in. So Brady Bacon, the champion of Indiana Sprint Week. Right. And you can find that story on racingboys.com. And and we got a new website, don't we, Kirk? We got it coming. I'm not sure how soon, but we're 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 building a new website just so we'll have a new look. Uh, Ours is a little outdated. And it's going to be much better for your, you know, the phone users and the, right. the devices. And, much better. And we're going to have $6.50 to where people can go back and watch all the old ASCS races right. too, right? And we've got some additional material we're going to get posted right. up that's not up there. But yeah, we're going to have all that working here in the next few weeks. All right, we're going to take a break when we come back. Buddy Kofoid's going to join us right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports here on RBN, the Race Boys Broadcasting Network. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Joining us now on the show, he picked up the big win at I-70 Speedway. Buddy Kofoitz joining us now. Buddy, how you doing? Good. Yeah, just uh, you know, happy to be talking to you guys this weekend. And um, yeah, no, it's been a good weekend, like you said. And Happy to be on. Yeah, man, it, that was that was a heck of a race that you guys had out there at I seventy Speedway. Uh, tell me a little bit about that racetrack and and uh, did you like the the speed? Uh, there's there's a lot of speed in that racetrack, isn't there? Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, for being a bigger track, it races really well, and um, we ran there last year. It was that was my first time there and ran seconds and and thought I picked it up pretty well. So I was looking forward to it again, you know, this year and, um, you know, start off the day ride and, and put ourselves in contention all day, qualified well. And he raced well and, and got in the dash, which is, a, you know, one of the big things that you got to do to have a chance to win right. sprint car races, especially nowadays. So drew good, drew second and, and just the top or starting in the, and the outside rows maybe a disadvantage just because it was way slicker and the bottom had some moisture and, and I slipped back to third and, and at the time I was kind of mad like man I didn't want to lose a spot or like fall off the front row but right you know looking back before I got into the future I told my crew chief I said I think it might I think it we might be okay if we're starting third you know because we can 
pick up the bottom and I, if, you know, I figured if I could get second down the front stretch and, and get to the top as soon as I could, um, you know, then I could maybe have, have an advantage and that, that happened. And, um, you know, and the leader slid himself in a, in a one and, uh, you know, I was, I got to the top before him and I was able to kind of diamond down and, and pick up the moisture down the straightaway and, and, you know, slid him into three and was able to lead the, the rest of the race cleaning green. Yeah. Uh, you know, typically I-70 Speedway, it's kind of narrow down in three and four, but it widened out pretty wide uh, this last weekend, didn't it? Yeah. See, I feel like, again, it was similar to last year from what I remember, you know, where it starts out pretty fast and, and well, stays fast all day. But, you know, as far as, like, there's a lot more grip in the track, and it, it takes a while to widen out, so I feel like, you know, from hot laps to heat race time, it was pretty, not narrow, but it wasn't as wide as it was in the feature. And then, you know, then it really slicks off. And and then, in, you know, the more laps and the more cars on track, it gets wider and wider and wider pretty fast. So, um, you know, that was similar to what I experienced last year. So I felt like I kind of had an idea of maybe what was going to happen. And um, But, yeah, no, it got wide and it was really racy and and lap traffic was interesting and and like i said for being a big track you know i feel like you can make charges up through the field which we saw with some people and and then you know the race up front i thought was was pretty good and and like i said lap traffic makes everything more interesting so yeah um i've always i've always been a fan of that place and you know i hope we can keep going there and see you get bigger yeah, you, you and Rico were battling it out there for a little bit during that race, and I I know last night you run second to him. Um, I said last night, Saturday night. At Saturday Knoxville. night, yeah, yeah, Saturday night. Um, but um, Rico he showed a lot of speed, and I say this a lot: the eighty-three junior car I think is just as fast as Rico. Do you believe you're just as fast as Rico? I don't, I don't know. I, I think I will say right now. I think Rico's probably overall the best car in the country. Um, so if you can beat him or run up front with him, I think that's saying something right now. I think I personally, and I think maybe um, us overall, you know, we can get even better together. And I think the more races we'll have, we'll get even better. But. I feel like for the little that I've been with Ross already, we've been very fast out of the gate and, and just super comfortable. And, you know, we work well together and get along and have fun. And that's, that's a lot of it to me. So, um, I think we're clicking and, and just chipping away at it. And I think, um, I do think we're right there. Um, you know, but obviously I, as a driver, you got to recognize, maybe some some of your strong suits or maybe some things you can work on and Mariko's a good gauge to to base that off right now so right um i70 i felt like we we're really good and and Knoxville i thought we were really good too i just made a mistake in traffic but um you know like i said racing around the 24s um you know being in the mix certainly shows the speed that you have this year so i think we're right there right 
Buddy, you've been through quite a bit of changes here in the last uh, year. You're coming off the back-to-back championships in the uh, USAC National Midgets. Did very well in the midget. You started out in the Leighton Crouch number 11 car, but one door closes, another one opens up. Just kind of talk about what happened there with the 11 car. You stepped in and drove for Bernie Stugin there for a little bit, and then Roth Motorsports steps in. Just kind of talk about that transition and what's occurred here so far this year in different rides that you've been in this year. Right. Yeah, so <clears throat> after after I quit the 11, um, you know, I started talking to some people, and, and some reached out to me, and Bernie was actually the very first person to reach out. And, um, you know, I've known Bernie now the last last few years, and, and I feel like we get along really well and have a good relationship. And, um, you know, I've always, you know, looked up to Bernie and been super appreciative of him and his wife, Betsy, for everything they've done. And um, so actually before I drove the 11 for the first time ever uh, I ran for Bernie a couple of times because he was also a part of that team and before we the 11 was ready and before it was completely built to be race ready we ran the 71 and so I had already an existing relationship there as well and so then you know it was you know Bernie wanted to go race and after I got out of that car and, and we put together some races as much as we could and um, you know, did did quite a bit, so I'll always be thankful and, and loyal to to Bernie and his wife Betsy and everyone that's a part of that. So they helped me out, so I'll always, like I said, be thankful to them and and then I drove for Tony and Jen Vermeer merely just because um Bernie's business with Indy Race Parts is was just really busy and it's it was hard for him to, to take off a week, so I did Ohio speed week for um the 55 car and and then um i was actually before the the roth deal we were gonna i was gonna continue with bernie and we we're gonna we had some plans to do more races but um you know so the this roth so i actually i'll go back i ran for roth the weekend after i quit the 11 and um just did one race and um you know, part of that was with Toyota having their involvement with me and with Ross made sense. And um, so then fast forward, we kind of was trying to put something together. And then it finally started to work out after Speed Week, which was kind of right before Houston's. And Bernie talked about doing that as well. And then he wasn't able to make that just with crew help and his trailer was getting worked on and it was just going to be hard to make so i we talked and and decided to you know put the roth deal together and um you know like i said someone with bernie's very professional and he understood what was happening and i always kept him in the loop of what was going on so um and it just made sense for me with toyota to to go that route with roth and i had already done a weekend with them before I ran for Bernie this year. So that's kind of how that worked out. And now I'm with Roth Motorsports for the rest of the year. Yeah. So Roth, the 83 junior car is typically the West coast car that just runs up and down the West coast. Uh, were you a little surprised that they decided to put you out and, and run all these different races 
out there in the 83 junior car? Um, I guess a little bit, yeah. But, um, you know, having, you know, like you said, them being that, the 83 junior normally running on the West Coast, you know, where I grew up racing. So I always knew that. And um, But having the help from Toyota and, and maybe, you know, Roth, maybe having their excitement of wanting to bring a second car out on the road again, um, you know, made that possible to, to do what we're doing. And, um, you know, also the Dylan Buswell, who's the crew chief on it, um, he lives in Knoxville, so the car is actually maintained in, in Knoxville. So, um, you know, part of that helps make sense, and, and we are going to hit a lot of the races, and, and we'll make our way out back to the West Coast, you know, during that outlaw swing. And um, But, yeah, no, I'm, ex- I'm as excited to, to run for Roth. I always looked up to that team as, as a kid and watching them. and So it's kind of a, a dream come true to, to be able to run for them and to do it. On a, on a national level. Yeah, no doubt. Buddy, I was up at Houston Speedway, and, man, you had such a fast race car up there. Ten laps to go. You were going to win that race, and, man, what did they ever figure out what happened to that engine there that, that cost you? I, there was no doubt you were going to win that. Uh, yeah, I, I keep thinking about that not as often as i used to but i still think about that from time to time so hopefully i can redeem myself in an equal or bigger way someday for something like that but um yeah we had a stellar weekend at houston's and i I love houston's and um we just everything just went right that weekend and despite blowing up um i thought we had a great car i was felt felt really good and probably the best i'd ever felt there and but um it just had a part failure yeah you know inside and just when you when you're turning 8509 grand right. that stuff can happen fast and it just one thing went wrong and it just it let go and and that was it. Was that all the same Nothing. components that James had in his race car? Everything the same? Uh, yeah. So, Ryder and Speedway build the Toyota four tens, and I personally haven't ran a, the Speedways yet. Um, but James and I this that weekend we both had riders in, so they were pretty much identical. Oh, yeah. And then that was tough. He got caught up in an incident right after your deal. Man, that just, everything went that, was so and so great, and then all of a sudden, both you guys had issues. That was a double whammy right yeah. there. And yeah. it was no fault of James that he got caught up in that mess. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, you know, it was going to be a, it was still a, a pretty good weekend for both of us. You know, I ran second, third, and James won one night, and I thought we were going to have a really good chance to win on Saturday, and but unfortunately, like you said, it it ended kind of disappointing. But right. you know, still looking back, I feel like we had a, a positive weekend, and that was my first weekend really with Roth in that sense. Just because when I ran for them in California um, a month or however long it was prior to that, it was with a completely different crew, so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dylan and, and Chatty and Gage and Trent, they've done such a, a good job and have gotten me super comfortable and um, just get along well together and, and we want to succeed as as bad as the other one does. So well, I, I got to say, think, you showed a lot of class after that happened. I can't imagine the disappointment or something like that. Oh, no doubt. You, you displayed a lot of class I, there, so hats off to you. <laughs> Thank you. I think, not. I don't really get mad publicly. I've just never really liked the look of that. But right. I think part of it was I was in such disbelief. I don't know. I didn't know how to act or feel. Like, I was just... <laughs> I don't know, it's just one of those like, unexplainable things where you just, it's like, did that really just happen? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, then it, after it a while, shock. you kind of just get sick, and it just, you keep looking back and you keep getting reminded of it, you know, and you keep seeing it on social media for a while, and it's it's like, you can't get away from it, but, right. you know, the best way to redeem yourself is, or at least to forget about it, is just to try and win or just to race again the next time. Yeah. Uh, buddy, I, I know that you're an up-and-coming driver, and everybody's looking at you. But when you take a look at some of the other young drivers, like a Corey Day, that that kid's pretty talented as well, isn't he? Yeah. No, Corey does a great job. And I'm kind of biased, but obviously he's from California as well, and, and I, feel like, I feel like there's a lot of really good people all over young and old, but I think a lot of the young ones are still coming from California. So that makes me proud. And, um, I've known Corey for a while and, um, actually, so I grew up racing outlaw carts and he raced outlaw carts as well. And we sold him actually their first 250 outlaw cart. So I thought that's kind of funny. And it's, you know, we've known him and his dad, Ronnie for a long time. So, um, yeah, Corey does a great job, for sure. Uh, you're the defending champion of the BC39. Are you going to defend that crown at Indianapolis in September? Man, I'd love to. I'm going to try and be there. Um, I just don't know my exact plan for that weekend as far as if we're running National Open um, or not. I don't believe we are, but... Um, Man, I'd love to to go back there again and try and defend that, and at least just be a part of a, a special event like that. Yeah, well, buddy, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports today. Um, uh, it, it's it's just a pleasure to see you out at I seventy Speedway. I, I I don't know if you know it, but I raced at I seventy back in the day when it was a pavement track. Uh, oh yeah. So what what what's going on with you? What's going on with you on the pavement side of things? Are you going to be doing a little more pavement racing coming up? Uh, man, I'm not I'm not sure yet. There's, I'd love to, and I I enjoyed it. Um, it's just hard to. There isn't a lot of spots right now, and they have a lot of different moving parts with teams and stuff. And and I've also been focusing on the car stuff more but if i can i certainly will try and make that happen or if there's an opening um i would love to do it or plan on doing it yeah okay buddy thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports today we can't thank you enough for doing so all right yeah 
No, of course. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Good luck. You're going to be at Peebly this weekend? Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to you. Good luck to you this weekend, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. There you have it, buddy. Kofoid joining us on the show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Derek Hagar picked up his first all-star win and he picked up $8,000 for doing so. He joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that to build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to 
get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And joining us now is a good friend of the Racing Boys, Derek Hagar. Derek, congratulations on your first All-Star win and $8,000 on top of it. How about that? I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me. It was a special Wednesday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um just take us through that race, and th th that was a, a pretty competitive race, wasn't it? It was, man. We, um, you know, showed up there Wednesday with a seat, and uh, you know, got everything bolted in, got the setup on it like what uh, we would run if it was our car. And uh, Paul Hart, you know, just let us have you know free reins with it, and um, went there for for um, hot laps, was decent hot laps, and. Uh, went out there for a qualifying deal, and I didn't feel that great, but we were still pretty quick and, you know, was able to qualify second, have a good pill draw to, to where we could go out early when the racetrack was still somewhat decent. Yeah. Um, you know, and qualifying is so important, especially with All-Star Series, um, you know, because it pretty much sets your whole night with the invert right. and all that stuff in the heat race. And we was able to start fourth in the second heat and, and run second and drew a five for the dash and, um, ran fifth just about the whole dash till uh, Matson spun out coming off four and um, you know it gave us the fourth starting spot for the feature right and we um, had a decent car I was a little freer than what I would like to have been um, but we were still able to get by Schaefer and, and get up to second and then um, on the second red I think it was uh, PPM and um, I don't even know who who else was involved in that uh, I think Kyle Bellum um, right. Uh, had some issues in turn one, and uh, it was going to take them a minute to get the record and everything figured out, how to pick the cars up and stuff. So they went ahead and opened the red, and uh, Kenny was asking me what to do and what what I felt like I needed. And you know, the biggest thing I needed was to you know tighten the race car up a little bit. And he threw his magic at it, and on the restart, man, the car was unbelievable, and I was able to get by Zeb and and hold on for the for the lead for a little while and I, I seen Zeb's nose wing coming off turn four um on the bottom and I just figured it was starting to rubber up so I moved down immediately and held on to get our first all-star win man I, I I've got to say how many wins do you have this year 
Uh, we're sitting at 13 wins and 15 starts. 13 wins and 15 starts. That's pretty stellar right there, isn't it? That's yeah. incredible. That's it an is, incredible. Man. Yeah, I'm looking, down through, I'm looking down through your schedule here, Derek. And if you're not finishing first, yeah, the, the only two times you didn't finish in the top two was at Riverside on June 17th, the 17th, and Crawley's Ridge on May 13th, a 10th. Would you just ha- have some kind of trouble those two nights? Well, the deal at Crawley's Ridge was, uh, was a, a stock car race. It was Buddy of mine's stock car first of the year. Um, so... Really, I don't know if I'd count that as a race. <laughs> right, right. That was a, that was that was a kind of like a play day. That's and, that's uh, oh my god. That sheep metal racing <laughs> the deal right at there. Riverside, we, oh yeah, but the deal at Riverside, uh, we were lead, leading it. That was the Greg Hodden Memorial, and uh, got into lap traffic and uh, got run over by a lap car and got turned upside down in our night there. Oh my um, god. You know, and then you know we were in second. Um, July Fourth weekend with Pete at uh, at Columbus, uh, Landon Crawley won that race. Uh, so I mean we've we've been having good uh, good finishes other than that one DNF man. It's uh, it's been a stellar season. Yeah. Well, you can't be much better than that. Was that the only time you've been in a four ten at Benton? Yes, that was, that was the only time I've been in a four ten all year. Um, and then you know Benton, we used to go to Benton Speedway back in the early two thousands whenever Kenny. Uh, my dad was racing sprint cars. Um, whenever Memphis Motorsports Park wasn't running on Friday nights, uh, a lot of the guys would go race the 360s against the 410s at Benton Speedway and, and be really competitive. I mean, I know there for, I don't know, four or five, maybe six races in a row, Kenny ran second with his 360. And, um, you know, we, back whenever I started racing, um, we would go up there also with, with a 360. And, you know, I, I I ran second a couple times, Mike Ward there, and I think the last time we were there was USCS show in 2013, and then you know race cla- uh, racetrack closed down for quite a while and just opened back up last year. Yeah, How, how's Mike Ward doing? Well, what was that, buddy? H- how's Mike doing? Mike's doing good. He um, I haven't seen him in a minute, but he's he uh, he's been he's been doing great, man. He uh, you know he helps. Uh, Howard Moore every now and then. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, I haven't seen him uh, probably in about a month and a half, two months. But last time I seen him, he was he was doing great. Yeah, no doubt about hey, it. Hey, I, I got to ask you, uh, you finished second at Magnolia. What happened that night? You didn't win. Man, <laughs> it uh racetrack was going in our favor, and then we got a big rain shower, and it uh, got the racetrack pretty juiced up, and we, I think we started fifth. We, we were running the dash um, when the rain hit, so we didn't. We got halfway through it, and they pulled us off the racetrack and pretty much just started us where we were running in the dash. So we started fifth, and it uh, took a minute for the racetrack to start going back away, and by the time that happened, you know, half the race was over. So we got up to third, and we had a uh, green-white uh, green checkered, and I was able to get by Gavin Bochel, um right there at the end. Uh, but, you know, at that point, Landon Crawley was already out on me pretty good bit to where I didn't have anything for him. Hey, you mentioned tow trucks a little bit earlier. At at Benton, mm-hmm. let, let me just say, it, it seemed like it took forever for those tow trucks to get those cars off the racetrack. Did it seem like that it to did. you? 
It did, especially under that first uh, that first red on lap one when uh, they had the pile up in turn two. Yeah, I mean it just it. it at one at one point, I was like, "Man, I'm fixing to take my helmet off," and it looked looked like they were getting somewhere, and it just never never seemed like they could get get things together. Um, but whenever that second red happened, you know, I, I went ahead and took my helmet off and try to get some fresh air, man, because it was uh, it was hot, and it, it you know, was a in those race cars, no air blowing on you, it, it'll uh, it'll mess with you a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Listen, man, I've I've been watching you race for years, and let me just say this. You're the only guy to ever win down at the Jesse Hockett Memorial in the non-wing car and in a wing car. Just tell us what that was like that, that weekend. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. I mean, the non-wing deal, we was able to do it in, in Jesse's car, you know, driving for his, his dad and, right. and Dave Cordy. Um Man, that was that was special to to be able to do that, and you know, once you jump in something, Jesse Hockett has something to do with the right. appeal, and uh, uh, you know, to be able to have the success we had with him was was special. Not only winning there, but we we won at Moberly and a couple other racetracks with him as well. Um, and then you know, the wing car, we've Kenny's got that place figured out. Whenever it comes to setup, and we can do things at that racetrack that a lot of people can't. Whenever, especially whenever it gets slick and uh um that racetrack's just been really really good to us man i don't know what it is but that place is it holds a special place in our hearts we we make sure that we always try to open, leave the schedule open for that race yeah Corey day runs second to you um it, it, that that kid has got just uber amount of talent right that kid is just very talented he is and and he drove me very clean man he uh there was a couple of times that he probably could have booted me up out of the way, um, but he uh, he chose to drive clean and and um, you know it. I know it's got to be tough being right there to get your first, first being that close to getting your first All Star win and you know he he really held his held his own and and uh, drove me clean and and was you know there at the end there early. I mean he faded back. You know he wasn't even on the top five leaderboard there first half of the race and. I think he found the rubber before most people in front of him did and was able to really squirt by some race cars and, and uh, put himself in position to be able to run second. Yeah. Any plans to get back in a 410 before the end of the year? Um, I think we're going to do some more stuff with Paul Hart, uh, probably three or four more 410 shows, um, and see see how that goes. Uh, you know, with 360 Nationals, 410 Nationals going on, uh, here next couple of weeks, I think our schedule's pretty much open. I don't think, I don't think there's any 360 stuff going on. So we'll, um, we'll just take it day by day and see what opportunity presents itself and try to keep winning as many races as we can. So you're not going to come up to Knoxville and try to make that race up there with the four tens, right? Um, as of right now, we're not, uh, we're just trying to weigh our options. Uh, we've had some calls um, since Wednesday of, of driving uh, some different cars, um, but you know, with my work schedule, I'm a I'm a working guy, so I don't I own a known, I own too many businesses. I got the shock business, the wing business, and a powder coat business. Right? So, yeah. You know, it's, it's it's hard it's hard to leave and, and go do that stuff, and I mean, I just I'd love to do it full time. I know I can make money at it and, and get good results. 
it's just everything's coming at the wrong time right now. So um, we just got to take it day by day and and see uh, see if we can get the opportunity, the right opportunity, to where we can just show up, work on the car, and drive it. And I have to worry about the finance part of it. But uh, you know, that's that's every driver's dream. It just they're they're far and few between anymore. Yeah, no doubt. You can't do this by yourself. Who helps you out on the car? Um, BND Towing and Recovery, um, Ameripanel, Ameripanel.com. If anybody listening has freezers or coolers or anything, um, they do warehouses, walk-in coolers, stuff like that. Uh, big company um, that, that really helps us out a lot. They're out of uh, northeastern Arkansas. Um, Southern Collision. Uh, J&J Auto Racing, Dino Check, uh, Biltweiser Wings. Um, you know, it's it's a whole whole effort of, of people, man. Um, and my wife and my daughter Isabella, they they sacrifice a lot for me to do what I do. And and uh, you know, Kenny and Bill and Carter, the crew, they they give me the best race car every every time I sit in the car. So you know, it makes my job easier. I just I get to I get the publicity, but they're really the ones that that make the car as nice as it is yeah so do you feel like it's an advantage to that you do your own shocks do you feel like you have an advantage there a little bit i I believe so i don't know if it's much of a an advantage as as a performance advantage i think it's more of an advantage of knowing what what you got. got yeah yeah and knowing how to how to operate it because if you know a lot of the I mean, we've talked about it before. I've been on the show. A lot of these, this younger generation, they don't know what's bolted on that car. All they know is right. get in, stand on the gas pedal, and turn left. Right. Um, you know, and they're they're lucky enough to get to get in the right position early in the night to where they look like heroes. So, you know, like Benton, Benton the other night was a finesse racetrack, and those those tracks like that fit my driving style. You know, anybody can bounce off the fence or bounce off the cushion and stand on the gas, hold it wide open, and hold the steering wheel. Um, but until you can fully understand what a shock does and torsion bars and knowing what your tires are doing and and stuff like that, you're really, you're you're at a disadvantage, I think, especially later in the night or, you know, or, you know, whenever the tracks are are really slick, whenever you really got to have everything working together. Right. Let, Let me ask you something about the new tire that they've got out with the four divot holes in it. Do you like that tire or not? Um, I, I think so. I mean, I think once everybody gets on it, it's like I know all the, the all-star outlaw guys are on the same tire now, but running that tire, what I've, what I've learned versus running the, the old medium or mm-hmm. the the RD12, I, I feel stuck with the new tire, but as stuck as I feel, I don't feel like I'm driving away from people um, as good as the car feels, if that makes sense. So I think it, it's given up um, speed on the racetrack versus um versus running like if you can run rd or uh, old medium i'd rather be on that tire right but uh once everybody gets on the same playing field man i think it's going to be it's going to be just fine i mean but i haven't had any issues out of that tire yeah yeah i mean like the other night i mean the tire stayed nice uh until obviously track rubbered up but um i mean it's i think it's a lot better than the h series tire yeah it, it seems like that tire that they're running right now that it seems like it burns up a little bit quicker than some other tires. Uh, it, it does. It, it, it does, doesn't it? 
Yeah, because we we went out for a hot laps the other night, man. It feathered left rear tire pretty good, and and started feathering the right rear tire. I wouldn't say it it wasn't chewing on them; it was just kind of just feathering the edges up on them, which you know you normally don't see that unless you just get on a big half mile track that you're right. just dragging the left rear tire, you know. But um, I think I think they'll get it figured out. Um, you know, a lot of it probably has to do with air pressure too. I mean, we we still got to figure out what what air pressure these tires like. Right. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me that um, that some people have problems with them and others don't have problems with them. It, it's really about it, – it really comes back to the shock, doesn't it? It does, man. It's like, and, you know, the shock's just a timing device. And, and you know, people probably shouldn't say it too much, but, I mean, people need to, to work on their tires as far as siping and grooving and stuff like that. And you'd be really – really be surprised – like, even when we were at Benton the other night, man, i never seen anybody with a grooving iron or a siphon iron mm. working on their tires. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Derek, man, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. Um, you're having a great season. 13 out of 15 starts you've won. That That's remarkable. And where, where are you going next? Do you know? Um, I don't know yet. We, um, like I said, we, we've got a couple of opportunities. Um, I don't want to speak before everything's finalized, but we're, we're trying to work on some stuff. Um, so as far as with a nine junior, uh, I know we're going to have a couple of weeks off with it. And I think we pick back up in the middle of August at West Memphis, uh, for a USCS show. Um, uh, but leading up until then, I, we, right now we don't have anything planned. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks again for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, congratulations on that win, man. That $8,000, that, that, that's a pretty good score right there, isn't it? It is. I mean, obviously, I didn't uh, I didn't get to keep all of it. I mean, uh, Paul right. Hart, um, you know, he had a lot of expensive tires and stuff. I mean, Wednesday, we weren't even supposed to race. I mean, I, I was going up to Benton just to watch, and uh, – I got a call Monday, or actually Sunday uh, evening, that he had went and picked up a motor from uh, Sean Goodno that he had just bought. That um, was a Ron Shaver motor, uh, fresh, fresh from Shaver, and um, you know we we went up there, won the race, and like I said, I wasn't even expecting the race. So he asked me how much money I wanted, and I only only took twenty five hundred of it. So he, yeah. um, I told him to to put the money back in the car and get it ready for for the next time yep no doubt okay Derek thanks so much for joining us man we can't thank you enough for doing so um good luck to you in the future and we'll be we'll be paying attention to what you're doing okay well I appreciate it guys thank y'all for having me thanks Derek there you have it Derek Hagar joining us right here on Mostly Motorsports it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprint. That's just incredible. That thirteen out of fifteen wins. Unbelievable. Yeah. Can I you mean, believe that? Uh, yeah. I mean, he wins every night out unless he has trouble. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. Trenton Barry is going to be joining us from RacingDirt.com here in just a little bit. Did you know it's uh, Kyle Larson's 31st birthday today, Kurt? Happy birthday, Kyle Larson. Yeah. I don't know. He's not racing today. He'll be racing tomorrow night at Kokomo, though. So, But I, I don't know. There's a race, there isn't a race on tonight, is there? I don't know. Where'd he finish yesterday in the NASCAR race? I don't... He had some issues, didn't he? I he thought had some he problems. did. Hey, hey, Todd, Marie just said Foreigner was on I Channel saw... 6 here. I, said she, I, I like it. their music. Yep. I, I saw that she posted it. Isn't that cool? I, not I, one I, original I member left in that band, right? I hope, I hope they There's got... not a... It's, it's a tribute band, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, the way they work it around is, is some of the members are crossover from when... There were original members, you know, so let's say the guitarist left and the singer left or passed or whatever it happened. And then they got new ones and there were still some other guitar players and bass players still playing. And so what's ended up happening is everybody is not original now. So, yeah, it's other than the name. And I think Foreigner allows the name to be used because they still probably make royalties on doesn't sound like for sounds though. a whole lot like him yeah so the singer they got he's a younger cat and um but he's not young as in young like a young kid he's just younger than the, the group foreigner and uh it sounds they sound really good i like i agree with Murray. they're really good kind of like kansas sound absolutely great. like well, you kirk, said kirk you went down and saw kansas last week didn't you and there's only yeah. two original members in the band right yeah you got richard williams who plays uh the lead guitar and uh phil ehart is normally the drummer but he got injured last year so he was at the concert but he he couldn't play because he's not you know when you're a drummer you got to be in good shape right right and so uh, normally he would be playing the drums, but two uh, founding members of the band appeared at the concert, which is a rarity. Kerry Libgren, the guy they, who wrote most of their early material in that band, and Dave Hope were at the concert, and they stood on stage and played a couple of songs with the band. They did. Which was cool. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So how, how much was the ticket, Kurt? Uh, I spent, uh, you know, with, uh, probably $75 for a ticket, something like that with the, you know, they got the fees they add on was it the worth price it? of the ticket. Yeah. To me, it was really worth it. They, they sounded great. They sounded like Kansas, Kansas. They did. And the, they don't have the lead singer anymore. Steve Walsh was the lead singer of the band. Right. He retired in 2014, but the guy they got. Uh, as the lead singer, Ronnie Platt, sounded very much like Steve Walsh. And right. so, I, no, I thought it was a great concert. Yeah. T 
Todd, are you getting ready to go to any concerts? Uh, yeah, I am actually. Which one are you going to? Um, Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown. Where's that going to be at? Going to be at Knuckleheads. At Knuckleheads. Yep. What night's that? It's this week sometime. Um, now, what what kind of band are they? Let me pull up a little bit while we're talking about them. They're really cool. He's a young kid. I've been following this kid for. Is he is he a, a noodler? Blue, no, no, blues more blues blues rock noodler than I would say noodler. You know, he's he'd be up more your style, but he's he's very young, but he's very talented. What uh, day is that on? Either Thursday or Friday or Wednesday, I can't remember. My I, I bought the ticket a while back and had forgotten that it um that it was coming. Let me pull in the outdoor up. venue. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing. I think I it's the garage until it sells more, and then they'll move it to the outdoor. But right, um, yeah, it he's so it's, they're called Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown is what they're what the name of him is. And I'll like I said, I'll I'll try to pull a little bit of. Uh, little bit of video up here after the commercials run and so tickets are reasonably well fifteen dollar tickets you know just yeah. for, you know obviously at knuckleheads it's a good place to see a show and kirk the outdoor venue is the the bomb isn't it down there it is, especially when the trains come roaring by right yeah or some they, bands they know blow how the to... whistle on the train oh yeah, yeah some <laughs> yeah. bands like the box masters with um with uh billy bob thornton yeah they know they get the schedule of the train right Right, and, and they can time some of their breaks, and not breaks. I mean, like taking a break, but breaks in the songs that would call for a cool sound and whistle to come rolling through. And man, there, I've I've heard of some bands able to like take advantage of uh, of some of that ambiance music that you that you hear. So uh, let me pull up a little audio here and see if we can before we get Trent and Barry on the program. Who are these guys here? This is the band I'm going to see. They're called Tyler Bryant, The Shakedown. And these guys, they're jamming in. A, this is called the bus jam. I think they drive this bus around and people jam and they record it while they're, they got four guys in a bus. Oh, man. An RV, I guess, because there's a. You know what? I went and saw Tedeschi Trucks uh, last week. Yeah. Any relation and, to and Butch Trucks? Yeah. Yes. A, the drummer. It's his okay. nephew. Yeah. The Allman Brothers band. Right. So, Tedeschi Trucks has 12 members in their band. Yeah, they were on... How, how do they do that in a bus? They were... Yeah, they couldn't pull they that off. they have more than one bus. To They'd have to have another bus. They'd have to have two buses, don't they? But, like I said, he, this guy's a... They they look like they're uh, designed for the garage down there, knuckle. Don't they? The, the, they're made they're, they're made for it. So see that guitar he's got in his hand, that pink Stratocaster. Yeah, so is I, that a rare, rare? I started following him. That guitar got stolen from him. He got that from his mom and dad for graduating back in the day. The thing was stolen, and he just got that thing back about two years or about a year ago. And wrote a bunch of new songs, and I think a lot of these songs that he's touring on. It was stolen, and he got it back. Yeah, right. through social media, somebody had. It was a rarity to find a pink. There's not very many pink strats out there as they are, you know. So uh, he saw this thing on a Facebook ad and got it back. He, he found it. Now that, that that is uh, that very fortunate that he yeah, was able it doesn't happen to pull much. But off. like I said, if anybody's just check out, like I said, we're not sponsored by uh, Knuckleheads or anything, but um, 
We want to be, though, don't We'd we? We'd love to be, but We'd if you guys uh, want to see a really good band, there's Trent now. That's who you need to check out. Yeah, okay. All right. Do we want to take... Todd, do, do we want to take a break and then come back? I don't... Do we need to? All right. We're good to go. Big week in USMTS racing this week. I-70 and Lakeside and Lucas Hole Speedway. Joining us on the show from RacingDirt.com is Trenton Barry. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Good. Glad to be with you guys. Thank you. So you, you, you just filled up, right? You just got gas? Yeah, I'm traveling. I'm, I'm headed home from Chicago right now, actually. I'm I'm uh I did not go to the Prairie Dirt Classic, but I'm about ten minutes from the exit for Fairbury Speedway. That's now why did enough. why didn't you not you're up in Chicago and you didn't go to the Prairie Dirt Track Classic? My question is why not? No. So well so we had this plan. I had this weekend planned for a long time. So this this last week in July is always off with the USNTS for whatever whatever reason. It seems like it's always available. And so we had planned um once Ed Sharon announced his tour, uh, my wife got in the queue and bought tickets to go watch him. It's my, my boy's favorite singer. And he's, uh, you know, his seventh birthday was back in June. So we did this for his birthday. Uh, he just had to wait about a month later to go do it. So here's what's crazy, though. So he, he played Nashville two weeks ago, Chicago here, and he played. Uh, Iowa like Speedway last Sunday. I watched him. Yeah, yep. I saw and, it, and then plays, then play. But he play, he plays Arrowhead next Saturday. Well, I got a race next Saturday. Yeah, so this was yeah, the only yeah. weekend I didn't have a race, so that's that's why we did what we did. And so it just so happened that so Friday was going to be our drive day, and uh, my guy Dylan Scott played uh, at the, the county fair in Bloomington, which is about two hours from Chicago, right on I fifty five. He played Friday night, so we stopped and. Got to hang out with everybody there, uh, see the show, and catch up with all those guys. Have become really good friends uh, of mine. Uh, beyond the fact that he's just a world class singer and entertainer, and he's on a rocket ship. Uh, he likes racing too, doesn't he? Now, Dylan so. Scott. He oh, likes loves, racing. Loves it. Loves it. You always talk loves over it. people. That's what, Kurt. He wants, what, he, what he always wants to talk about. So we did that Friday. Went to Chicago. Went went saw Ed Sheeran Saturday. And now I'm coming home, and I'm getting ready to work because we got three big days coming up here uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. So Thursday, I-70 Motorsports Park. I I don't know if you heard the news yet or not, but Chris Payne is going to close down Heartland Park, Topeka, and they're going to move the drag race from up at at Topeka over to I-70. Have you heard that news? Flying H drag strip. Yeah, so, so... so I, I just saw it. I just saw it here in the last week or right at the weekend. It's getting started. Yeah, I just just read about that. So, um, boy, that really sucks for Topeka. But man, it had just kind of become one of those places. Like it always just seemed. And I know you guys were there and saw it in heyday, but I just never really saw that place thrive. And, and I know that John Force had the records, and the NHRA was 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 everything to that place. And it just. Man, that place always just seemed like it was in turmoil for whatever reason. And I don't know if that's just my impression of it um, or, or if that's really the case, but there just there just never seemed to be much settled there. And if it was settled, it never seemed to be settled for very long. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just so you, know, you I, I just just so you know the way I always saw it. Yeah. Well, I th- I think it's awesome. It's going to be there in Kansas City. I hate that it's going to come at the expense of Topeka, but um, you know, it, it, I, I, I guess I I don't really have a dog in the fight either way. So I'm glad there's still going to be a race. It, it's be better if there was two, but if there's going to be one, then then thank goodness for one. It's better that it's in Kansas City than it is uh, at Topeka because they'll get more fans out there. And just so you know, Trenton, I went to every one of those Lafayette County meetings. And you uh-huh. know you know what they said in one of those meetings? They said they said that they would not have nitro cars at that drag strip. I don't know how they managed to pull that off and and how they're gonna do this, but they said no more than eight thousand people and and they 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 weren't gonna they weren't gonna run nitro cars. How about there. tens of millions of dollars yeah. infused into the economy in eastern Jackson yeah. County and Lafayette County? How about that? That'll well, change. Why your don't opinion. you just scream at me, say, Kirk? Just scream at me real I, quick. I was gonna say why, why don't Lafayette County better buckle up for their uh, their surplus of uh, civic funds that are gonna come come by way of the racing? So that'll be a plus in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lakeside yeah, speed. No, I don't, you know what? That's, it, it's, it's crazy how those deals happen, man. But I mean, don't you guys think all in all that's, that's a really good thing. I mean, that sounds good to me. No, I, it, to me personally, I think it, it, it it's, a um, it's going to be the right plan and they're going to, they're really, they're, they're, they're going to have a, a monster crowd. I don't know if they're going to take the grandstands from up there at Heartland Park Topeka and put them in. Because those grandstands... Well, some of them they can, not all of them. They can't but, do them all, but right. But those grandstands are pretty massive up there. Yeah. I mean, it's got a seat. If you, you want to hold an NHRA national event, you better seat at least 20,000. 20, 25,000 people. Yeah. That's what you... Know, you one of the things that just selfishly, I think, was, I don't know, whatever, it just kind of kind of a crappy deal for Topeka and a long, long list of things that were a crappy deal for Topeka. But I, I really like that dirt track that was there. And, and I think that thing raced well. And I know that's obviously small potatoes compared to what an NHRA national event can be. But at some point they felt like that was a worthy enough business venture that, uh, that they uh, felt like that was a worthy enough business venture to, to put the capital in to do it. And, and I thought they had a really nice nerd track there too. I hated to see that go. And I know it's been some years since it's been gone, but Man, I just always figured that they'd figure out a way to keep that drag strip going. That, so that surprised me they finally put the nail in the coffin on it. I'm sad because I've been credentialed to every event at Heartland Motorsports Park since 1989. Yeah. Been to every event over the oh, years. Yeah. I'm sad that it's going away. Sad for Topeka, but not sad for the politicians that really muck things up over there. Uh, Chris Payne sure. stepped in, well, and, and he really was able to contribute a lot by just being there to buy the track, and for them not to work with him over there is unconscionable to me. Yeah, it's always tough, man. Big big business always wants tax breaks and feel like they're entitled to this and that. And it's, I'll tell you what, it's, I, I got a little different perspective, you know, now that I'm a, a brick-and-mortar small business owner, too, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't always feel like Big Brother should always get those breaks. If, if you want me to be downright honest with you, and I, I don't know that they're always entitled to things that your average everyday business owner and your person that's bootstrapping 
um, should be entitled to. So it's tough because those things bring a lot of revenue in. They provide a lot of jobs. I understand every single thing about that. Um, I don't know that I'm I'm always, I don't know that I always love big business just getting tax breaks, though. So, and and I probably wouldn't have felt that way 10 or 15 years ago. Well, Chris Payne wasn't asking for anything extra. He was just asking to pay the property taxes that he felt the property was worth, and that's what he paid for it, $2.4 million, sure. not $9 million that they're, they value the property at. That's sure. all he was asking for. Now that's, to me, that's not a tax that's, break. He was just willing to pay the property yeah. taxes of what he paid for it. That's all. For sure. For sure. And I, and I don't you know I don't know all the specifics of how that went, but if that's, if that's what the case may be, then they're having a, they're having a, a disagreement over property valuation, uh, and that's, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's, that's that's not good. Now the drag strip, Chris Payne does not own. He sold the 158 acres for the Flying H drag strip to be built, and that guy's name is Scott Higgs. But they'll have to utilize the entire property of I-70 Motorsports Park in order to stage that event. The acreage of everything yeah. combined. So. Really, Chris Payne and Scott Higgs are business partners on this, even though they own separate properties on the same tract of land. So it's kind of a unique situation, but they've got enough acreage there to stage a national event in total. I've got to believe that when the drag strip opens up, that's not going to be good for the dirt track. Why not? I just just don't think... Let me me ask you this. I was thinking. I was thinking about that from a little different perspective. Maybe that's. Maybe I, I was kind of thinking about maybe the drag strips, the thing that solidifies the entire facility and its longevity. You know, I think so. I uh, agree with that. Well, uh, let me just say this: every time I go out there, there's not more than fifteen, fifteen, two thousand people out there. Well, fifteen hundred to two thousand people. people out there the other night. 8,000, that, that grandstand seats 8,000 people. I know. I what did the all-star years. race draw? I didn't, I didn't see. You know what they need to do with that racetrack out there? Just so you know, I-70 Speedway. Open it up and run it more? They, they need to pave it. No, 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 no. Put, pave, oh, put, no. put, put pavement on it and it will thrive. No. Yeah. Just lay some pavement yeah. down on it. I think they build it too so, uh, big. All, I think all, they it's 15, too big a track. 15, so, so all fifteen cars that are left in Kansas City that they got that cobwebs on the roll cages are going to have to all try to figure out how to be safe enough to run at that monster again. Hey, not a chance. Let Let me tell you, if they put pavement on it, they will show up. I don't think so. I do. Let, let me tell you something. They just need to run it. That place just, they just need to run it and get some character and get some continuity established there. I agree. They they need to. It's a a A class place. Oh, no doubt about it. It it, it is a first class facility. I'm not going to take anything away from that. But I'm just going to say that I think that um, the drag strip, it might might draw some attention to the dirt track. But, you know, drag racing people aren't dirt track people. Well, it doesn't matter. You get, get different crowds, different groups. I think it's going to help everything. Bill, uh, with the NHRA yeah. national event coming there, it's going to help the dirt track. So, no, I, I sure. think if, it all works nothing, together. If nothing, else, if nothing else, it's going to it's going to put money in the coffers for the dirt track just on either facility rental or 
parking fees or both or whatever yeah. whatever that deal looks like. You know, that'll that'll just further establish that whatever corporation or LLC or however, however they're structured and just, just keep pushing that thing along and keep those partners all interested in it for sure. I agree. Yeah. Um, this is a big week for RacingDirt.com, isn't it, Trenton? Man, it, yeah, it is. And so it's it's awesome to talk about I-70. And I I know you guys know so much more about that place than I do. And, and Scott, I know you race there and your passion and Kirk. And I, I love hearing all those old stories. And I thought we would never see it back again. And why, why I think it's it's so important for for what we do is the fact that, man, we don't get many places like I-70 Speedway to go race and to showcase the best modifieds in the country. And that's, that's you know, that's what we hang our hat on. That, and, um, You know, we're, we're getting rolling here with the ASCS Sprint Car Series, and I'd, I'd love to see them there, too, for the National Tour at some point again. Um, I know they've been there before, but um, would love to see them back there, too. I just, I want to be a part of taking the, the biggest things that we deal with and work with to the, to the best places and you, you don't get to go to all the best places if you exclude i-70 speedway and that that's what i'm tickled the best for this weekend yeah uh boy if it's anything like last year's race when rodney sanders beat lucas shot right at the wire those guys put on a heck of a show last year if it's yeah. anything half as good as that race was a year ago you're in for a great night out there yeah i, I sure hope so man I, you know i think we'll probably carry somewhere upper 20s, lower 30s on cars. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think we're going to carry some car count record. Um, I, I think the two races that are after it are going to help help uh, provide cars for Thursday, too. I, I honestly feel like, you know, that's a really good three-day swing of, of run races that are all relatively close. So I think that'll be outstanding. And Man, I just crossed my fingers that we can have half as good of a show as we had there last year, really. I mean, it, the, the track was good. Um, we had a really good front gate for that thing. Um, we were tad, tad leaner on the fifths than we would have liked to have been ideally, but hopefully, you know, everybody's, uh, it has the ability to come race there, seen in a year what, uh, what, the, what that place has done and the shows it's provided. And I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm super pumped that Casey Schumann's is, you know, kind of overseeing the day to day there. And that dude's a racer through and through and, and tickled to death that, that, you know, we're going to see see what he's all about here this week too and, and I've, I've liked what they've done this year they've been really proactive i think they they understand how to market and promote and have been great partners so i'm i don't have anything more that i can say other than i'm just ready to get to thursday and i hope hope the fans can come out and support this race and take it in and you know the best part about this being on a thursday night is that we know everybody's got to go to work friday and we're not going to keep you there all night and there's just three classes USRB mods and USRA stock cars, which are the perfect complementary classes to the USMTS. Uh, we're going to get in there and run run a good tight show and get you your money's worth and, and get you on out of there. So it'll be a Thursday night, you probably won't forget for a while. I'll I'll be at Knoxville on Thursday night. I'll be I'll be at an I seventy. Yeah, I hear you. I'll be there. I hear you. Well, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to I seventy. I'm looking forward to going to Lakeside to. You know, remember again, you're at Young Hands, and, and unfortunately, we lost him way too soon. And um, that that race has turned in over the years just a, a, a really fun night to, to honor the family and catch up with Greg and Chase Kirk. and their family. And 
celebrate Grant. You know, it's it's turned into a race, a really big deal. Kirk, you're going to be you're going to be there on Thursday night. Yes, sir. Be there and at Lakeside on Friday night for the Grant Young Ann's Memorial. Tanner Mullins. I thought I thought you were coming up on Wednesday and Thursday to Knoxville. The four ten nationals. I'm going to be there Wednesday and Thursday next week. The next week after. I got you. I'll be. I'll see you Saturday night at Knoxville. So. Yeah, but I'm going to be at I-70 and Lakeside on Thursday and Friday nights. Mm-hmm. You know the other thing too, we realized last year. So this this race is a week earlier this year, and that that was not not by any any sort of coincidence. That was calculated to move that thing ahead. Um, we we definitely saw that so much of Kansas City goes to the the Saturday night of the Knoxville Nationals if they don't go for the whole week. So we knew that that second week of August was going to be a no go at I-70 Speedway. So I, I appreciate them working with us to slide that date forward a week and get off that Knoxville Saturday night. Right, uh, Rodney Sanders. They've been, is, they've been they've been so they just they've been so great to work with too. You know that's those are the kind of partners that you want to you want to work with and deal with and the people you want to promote. And, um, it's just been it's just been really really good and I, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can duplicate the the race that we we put on last year. I know that we probably kind of unrealistic to think you'll get a finish better than you had last year, but Hopefully the rest of the show can go as good as it did last year. Yeah. Um, Rodney Sanders is leading the points right now. He's ahead of uh, Jason Hughes. Um, do you think this is a two-car battle, or is uh, Jim going to be in there as well, Chisholm? No, I, I, I don't think it's a two-car battle, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's it's qualifying in the invert of six for the heat races. I mean, it's really – and that that's why I don't I don't think the battle has slimmed down um, because – any of those guys get gets a bad run, they get a night they're buried back in a heat race, and you know they can't get up through there. Uh, your fastest two qualifiers that aren't in are guaranteed to start 13th or 14th, but that's that's mid pack, and it, it's hard to win a race from the middle of the pack. So I don't think it is, and I, I think it's going to come right down to the line. And you talk about Jim Chisholm as well. I mean, he he's really coming on lately. He's had a, a good string of runs here and has charged up through the field and has found. It's crazy to think about, but he's found more speed even than what he's had in the past. So uh, he's on fire right now, and yeah, I, I, it's still, it's still, it's, it's like if this is election night, guys, we're way too close to call any anything right. here at this this juncture. Man, there seems like a lot of guys that have two wins: Rodney Sanders, uh, Jim yep. Chisholm. Um, there's there's a bunch of them: Dan Ebert, Tom Barry Jr. Terry Phillips. Well, we've had so many different winners. I, I think I think we're fifteen different winners, if I'm not not mistaken, uh, through the year. And so, I'm gonna lie to you that that this this qualifying format has has thrown its thrown its hand in the mix a lot. And you know, it's it's tough to come from the third row and, and win a heat race. It, it really is. Um, and there's we're, we're getting so many cars in all these races too. That's another thing that's, that's got to be stated. You know, the, the full-time cars. I think we're, I think there's 18 that haven't missed a race, and I think we're carrying, you know, what's essentially 22 or 23 you consider full-time cars. And there's a few of those guys who just missed missed one or two races that are yeah. that are on the road. So, I mean, we're, we're carrying a carrying a ton of heat into each one of these races, and they're so they're just separated by so so little on the stopwatch. Right, right. You know, from from the front to back. So. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is is Jake Tim not running full time with the uh, USMTS? 
He's got. I hope th- he's not. And I, and I'll tell you this: he he would be a championship contender if he was. But no, he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakeside Speedway. He's, I hope the track's as good as it was Friday night when Nick Benninger nipped Tim Carrick by half a car length at the checkered flag. They only had eight cars, but, man, what a finish. Nick Bittinger chased down and passed Tim Carrick at the checkered flag. That was a good racetrack on Friday night out there. I expect more of the same man, for I, the Grand Young Ann's Memorial. I really I really think a lot of those two guys, but, you know, we don't care for years, and you guys obviously longer than me, but, man, that dude's, that dude's just, he's just living life, and I, I love that so much about Tim, and, uh, Benninger, man, he's he still had an Emmy Custom, I believe, and I don't know which one he was running there. You guys might have known Friday, but he he got that CDR car from from Kay Dillard as well that he he'd been mixing in. And I don't know if he had one car just for Lakeside and one that he was traveling with or not. But I know when he went to Wheatland and to West Siloam here a couple of weeks ago, he was was working on that new CDR car. He's real close with Cade, so um, he's he's been running really well. And I I feel like I don't know about you guys, but as far as Kansas City racers around, I mean, I think I think Nick's probably you probably got to figure he's probably the top top dirt mod racer, you know, as far as a USRA modified around Kansas City. That's not a, a touring car. I feel like you know. I, I will at, say at this. this I'll say this about Tim Carrick. That guy has won more championships in this area than anybody else. I, I think it's probably it's probably fifteen or sixteen, seventeen championships that he's won. Between Riverside, Lakeside, and the old Lakeside Speedway, he's won. He's won a lot of races, man. Oh yeah, man. I, I, listen, I, I tell you that about Nick. I don't. I don't take anything away from Carrick and what he's accomplished. That dude's a beast. So I hope. I hope he races as long as he wants to. And I love talking to him, and I love his outlook on racing and life and family and well you guys know like that night we talked to him at the high limit race when he was just up there cutting up with us in the booth i mean that's that that stuff's real and, and that's awesome that uh you know carrick's always been so outgoing and got got that kind of personality i just i've always really appreciated that about him on, on top of the fact that he's just an incredibly hard-nosed racer he he wrecked me in 1988 at riverside speedway and destroyed one of my favorite cars that i ever drove you're, you're still friends with did him, you ever, did you ever uh, get him did you ever get him back? I got him back the following year when we raced on pavement. He was leading the race. I went in there and gave him a little move. I bumped him in the rear and moved him up the track, and I passed him for the win. It was my first win ever at Lakes at Lakeside Speedway on pavement. And I, I and, and, you- and, and and let me just tell you this: I was so thrilled about passing Tim Carrick for the win. I went down and I got my trophy on the front straightaway. And then when I came up, it used to be the pay window was at the concession stand down in the infield. And I pulled up and Tim Carrick was standing there. And I looked at him and I went, ah! This was the old track, right? Yeah. No, it was the new track. The new track. It was pavement. Oh, the pavement. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, at 1989. Wow. Yeah. He hasn't forgot that race either. What did he, he tell you after the race? Oh, he he, he, he just thought I was a madman, just so you know. He thought you were a what? A madman. Because I went up oh, there gotcha. and I, I and I gave him some shit, to be honest with you. 
I give him some. Well, you've never been high strung before. That seems a little out of character, don't you think, Kirk? Oh, yeah. Way out of character. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, I don't know what car Bettinger was driving the other night, but he had the high side working really well. Carrick trying to hold the inside, but Bettinger worked the high side to perfection. But let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. I like Tim Carrick. Just so you know, I, oh, I, I, I'm, right. I, I'm, I'm not a hater on Tim Carrick just because we had from, that one incident. From from the first time I met him, I'm like the guy, and you know, I, I worked so close with him during that, uh, <clears throat> that that little series of weeks that there were more cameras out at Lakeside than there ever was before. Uh, that that little event about 15 years ago. Um, I really, I really felt like I got to know him a little better too, and it was kind of the start of our our regular conversations and whatever so yeah he's a he's a heck of a talent well so uh, let's talk about lucas oil speedway that's on saturday night right yep 10 grand to win one night show that one's that one is uh past few years it's it's either you know it's it's set the car count mark uh for one day shows and, and whatnot in the past uh, it's, it's been close other years, and I tell you all that to say, you know, the format's kind of changed this year, so we've, we've carried a ton of cars in more races because there have been three days at, at a lot of these places. But I, I expect that'll probably carry the weekend in terms of total car count. What's I, a good, I expect it to. What's it going to pay on Friday night out at Lakeside? I think it's $12,002 or $10,002. I'm not exactly sure. They, they've, they've raised money um, for this race before. And so I don't know exactly where the money lies, exactly where it's at this year to be, to be told. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly to be totally honest with you, but um, I think it's maybe 12. 12 I, I don't want to speak out of turn. So I don't, I don't know for sure. Let, let me just say Kirk and I went to the uh, Kirk didn't go. Did you go? Where at? Uh, you went to I-70 last week. We went out. To yeah. The, I was there Friday yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Both of us were there. Yeah. And we went out there on uh, at uh, I seventy, and the track was really wide, wasn't it, Kirk? Yeah, it was. It, they they worked at the track and tried to make it a little bit wider. And let me tell you, when that track widens out, that's when it's good racing. They out reworked there. the track right before yeah. the races right. started. Right. So, so that that'll be the key for our show there Thursday night. Yeah, I you think know, it's going to be a great really show. Good. Todd's really good a lot of times when he pulls the heat races on and hot laps and qualifying if, if it needs to be. And I assume this will probably be the case Thursday. I haven't asked him yet, but a lot of times he'll say, hey, everybody's two laps around the top. Everybody's car, that's, you know, whoever's on the track, and he'll do that every time out um, just to try to, to beat that top end so it doesn't build a curb, you know, quite so low. Um, you know, I, I think tracks are fine when they build a curb, but it's not good when they build a curb that's, a lane and a half or more wide. I, I don't think that's very good ever. Right, no and, doubt. And that's 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 easily what can happen at I seventy if if attention's not paid. It it almost did it last year during our race. And, uh, they had to, they got out there at intermission and worked on it and widened it out. But I, I'm with you guys. I, I think that'll be the key to Thursday night's race and and having a track to work on. It's it's no question they can get plenty of water on it. But that's not going to be not going to be uh, out of the question for them. Um, but it's just making sure that that thing's wide enough that they can be at least as close to the wall as they want to be, you know. Yeah, the only there's there's no doubt there's no doubt we got a couple throttle smashers. Uh, Jake O'Neill comes to mind right off the top of my head, but 
Right. But if, if that's the fast way around, the dude has zero fear to go there if that's what he has to do to feel like he, he needs to win the race. Uh, yeah, the only the only down part about the other night, the only they had uh, the Midwest mods for a support class. They only had uh, three, three cars, cars, three cars, was, and, and they went ahead and yeah. run them. I don't understand why they didn't bring in the uh, vintage uh, car class. They would have brought a lot of cars. They sure. put on a much better uh, you, show. You know what they should have done? So, when, when only three cars so show we, up, three cars showed up, and they should have went over there and just told them, I'm going to give you $150. And you guys don't have to race tonight. Yeah, I mean it's not a good. You know, all those guys that showed up would have really wanted to race. I'm going to tell you, we we didn't have stellar support class sport last year, and so I mean, my thinking on this, and I'm not talking to any of the other people involved, but if if we go into year two and the events a success, and and we're going to go have year three there, and we have the same turnout with support class cars, then. It's going to be time for us as folks that are putting on an event to figure out what we're going to need to do to bring some support class cars in there that will support them. So I'm hopeful that the stock cars and the B-Mods will, uh, will come race this weekend. And I, I hope they see there's value in, in the event we're, we're trying to put on for them and, and what we're offering them. But, you know, if not, uh, you know, two, two years of low support class uh, turnouts, I mean, if, if you do it a third year, then you're, you're just an idiot putting the race on, you know. Right. And yeah. it's, it's really hard when you don't so, race every week. At that facility, it know. is, and that's 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 what I'm. That's what I was meaning a little bit ago, talking about the continuity. They just need to race. They just need to race. They just need to give people the opportunity. They're not going to come run there every week. I don't feel like the place is super demanding on equipment, but they just need to have it open and available on a regular basis. And I think that as much <laughs> as anything, as far as helping the racer, helping the fan, helping the bank account, the, the entire package. They've sunk all this money into I seventy. They just need to operate the facility. Do you think they need to run a weekly show out there, Trenton? No, no, I don't. But run a couple, more. couple times a month is fine. A couple times a month and rotate yeah. your support classes would be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't would, think I it needs to run that. weekly. I don't, and I, I, I don't think you need to pull fans from Warrensburg. I don't think you need to pull fans from Grain Valley. Uh, I don't think you need to pull fans from Wheatland because they they would pull fans from all those uh, potentially. Even even you can think about pulling from Lake Ozark as well. I don't think they need to go do that in, in that area on a Saturday night, no. But I think every other week through the – at least through the summer months is fine. And, and then, you know, a show here and there throughout. You know, may, maybe run the place – you know, maybe shoot for 15 shows a year, 13 to 15 shows a year. Right. Uh, uh, the only thing I'm thinking of it, it, when it comes to dirt, – Dirt track. Dirt track shows. A, a weekly show – if they ran weekly out there, it would get people in the habit of going out there more often than it would be if they just run specials. I I, I feel like yeah. I think that they could run a weekly show out there, and that would draw more attention to the racetrack. Well, maybe to start, yeah, but I, I, I like Trenton's idea of every other week. You know. Fifteen shows throughout the summer sounds about right. Let, to me. Let, let me say this, but when I seventy was in its heyday, it had two thousand people out there every night. Every night it was well, out there. There was, was two thousand people out there every night at yeah. at I seventy Speedway when it was pavement. Because it was a unique racetrack, Crazy. unlike any other place in the Midwest. For two three hundred miles, there was no place like I seventy Speedway. Nope. 
So I still, though, I mean, I I think it kind of is still, don't you guys? I mean, it's facility-wise, it, it and Wheatland are on point with one another, but I there's no, I don't know of another racetrack even right now that's even remotely close to what I-70 is. Unless uh, I'm just missing one. I agree. No, I, I, I got to believe that Wheatland is a step above I-70 Speedway. Just so you know, they, I hear, hear you, but 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 it's it's not not as much of a step as you'd probably think. Well, I, I, it's a multi-purpose facility, Trenton. They they've well, got sure. the, the Wheatland's got them. Wheatland's, Wheatland's got them completely out of class in the pits. So I'm not, you know, facility-wise, yes. I'm just saying it's the closest one to to Wheatland for sure. No, I would agree with that. You know, the I seventy doesn't have the paved pits like Lucas Hole Speedway, but sure. uh, it's yeah. still they're, uh, they're not even close on the pits. Yeah, right. You, you know what I think uh, when when I look at I seventy Speedway, I look at the infield as a waste of. They could put the cars down in the infield at I seventy Speedway. Oh, I think they probably could. Yeah, I okay. absolutely they could put the cars in the infield and 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 for the fans. That used to be the biggest thing at I-70 Speedway. The fans would come out of the grandstands, walk down into the pits. The problem is is that it's such a long walk around to the pits. Fans aren't going to take the time to go out and visit with their favorite driver because it's it's a long walk to get around over there to those pits. I, I think that's fair. Hey, Trent, you, you really, and I, I think you'd probably agree with me on this, you don't really realize how big that track is till you walk across the infield to the back straightaway. Yeah. And you're looking at so where the back so straightaway is in relation to the front straightaway. You're looking at it and said, boy, this place is big. I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand how big it was until last year. It was like 110 degrees during the day. And at about three o'clock, I had to go test my wireless <laughs> microphone, and I had to go to every corner, and uh, it, it was just me hoping it. Oh, boy, this is—I I sweat through my shirt before I got back. It was ridiculous. Right, yeah. It's, yeah I'm going to tell you, we were just at Eldora Speedway standing in the infield. I-70 is a bigger yeah. track than Eldora Speedway. I'm telling you right now. It is. Yeah. It's bigger than so Eldora. Every, to, to a racer, every one of them I've talked to on the USMTS tour that went and ran it last year, said they'd never been on anything like it before. It's easily the fastest track that anyone ever been on their, uh, their time. I think Phillips said maybe, maybe Belleville was a little bit faster, um, you know, overall, but, uh, those guys all in their USMTS cars said that it was the most demanding place they'd ever been. Tyler Wolf's bringing some kind of different motor. Um, he's, he's got some combination that's got about 50 more horse than what he usually races with the USMTS. Uh, just just so he can go out here and mat it, he thinks it might be the difference maker for him to uh, to get get qualified and get through the heat races this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing. He's he's put some work in to uh, to to get get a different engine uh, rolling just just for this race that he has in his uh, program that he doesn't usually run. Well, they'll be prepared after being there last year. They'll know they'll have yeah. better preparation this time around. No doubt about it. For sure, yeah, I, I think you're 100% spot on. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am, and I guess you'd probably expect me to say that. Hey, you're you're helping promote the race or whatever, this, that, and the other. I hope people don't take me that you know that I'm I'm just going to be honest. You know, if it, if it sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. It, it doesn't matter if we're in it or not. But um, I'm 
I'm really, uh, really hopeful we can have a good night on Thursday. And the, the series needs to race there, and I am so appreciative for all the staff and the principals involved at I-70 that they feel the same way and allow the USMTS to race there, too. It's a really big deal. Talk how big the Grant Young Ann's Memorial Race has become. This has really turned into a huge event over the years, has it not? Yeah, it has. It, it really has. And it's had a lot of outside sponsor uh, support and people that have, have donated money and grants on her and um, just try to do all they can do to help help make this one of the, the biggest one-day races. Tanner Mullins won this thing last year and uh, had a did a heck of a celebration, donuts on the front straightaway. And, you know, Tanner, he usually plays it pretty close to the vest. And it was pretty cool to see how much that meant to him to, to, to win that race. And, um, stand there in victory lane that night. You know, Lakeside's become such a staple track for the series, and you know, most of the people uh, really enjoy racing there. And um, uh, man, I know for our crew and whatever, it's a it's it's a great place to go. And the, it's one of those places where no nobody really rolls their eyes when you mention Lakeside, and everybody likes Lakeside, and that's that's cool to see. And yeah. it's neat the series has run so many races there over the years. It's it's uh, it's a staple track, and, and it's it's easy to see why once you see the racing that they can put on. We we had a so that young hands race was really good there last year in, in August, but we had an even better one in October on Championship Weekend that came right down to the end, and and uh, it was it was all sorts of chaos to figure out who was going to win that one. And Tyler Davis won that one right right at the very end of the race, and one of the one of the best races I, I saw all last year. So Lakeside puts on some incredible shows. Yeah, no doubt about it. It, it. it it was. It's always been a great racetrack, even when it was pavement. It was a good racetrack, and they they used to get a lot of fans out there when it was pavement as well. But it, it's never been yep. the same since they put dirt on it. It's it's always been better since it's been a dirt track in two thousand. They they did that in two thousand, right? Two thousand. Two thousand. Right. All right, Trenton, man, tell everybody when they can start watching the broadcast on RacingDirt.com. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get rolling there Thursday afternoon and, and get everything up and run them. We'll have a stream up probably about an hour before showtime. I don't know exactly what time Todd's getting hot laps for, but I'm assuming somewhere between 6 and 7 o'clock he's, he's going to put cars in the racetrack, so we'll, we'll be up about 30, 30, 45 minutes an hour or something like that ahead of time to Make sure everybody can, uh, can get tuned in if they, they can't be there. But, man, if you're an earshot around the Kansas City area, just just come Thursday to I-70 and get out the lakeside Friday. I mean, that, that, uh, everybody appreciate the support and the stands and the racers and, and whatnot. I uh, I love I, I love what we do and I love what, what streaming's brought to the sport. But, man, I, I'll be honest with you, you, you cannot replace anything uh, about what we do if, if you can get out to the races, it's just it's just better if you can just be there in person and and, and take it all in. And it's just it's just a better experience. And so if anybody can get out get out to the track, I know they'd love to see it Wheatland Saturday night as well uh, for the for the end of the weekend too. So if anybody's in earshot and can make make those shows one or three or whatever you can do, it's, uh, that, that'd be the preferred way to to get there this weekend and see it. All right, I, I'll try to keep a, a, a glance on my phone to, and watch some of the races out there. So thanks so much, Trenton, for being on the show, man. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for being on here each and every week. Yeah, make us. sure you test that wireless uh, mic at I-70. They had a little difficulty with that the other night, so just make, test so we, that out. We, we, set a, 
we set our own in there. And Good. wouldn't you know it, I, I dialed my frequency in last year, and then I never took a record of it. So it's <laughs> going to be like Groundhog Day when I get back this year. All sometimes right. I'm really on top of my game, and sometimes I'm an idiot. And that day I was an idiot, so I'll get to pay the price for that this time around. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it just happens sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. All right, Trenton. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you. See you guys. All right. Yep, same. There you have it, Trenton Berry. And uh, I want to give a little shout-out to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 with a Z07 performance package. It's a pearl white Metallica tricoat color along with $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes on that car. They're going to be giving that car away on Saturday, August 19th, 2023. It's got 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, an 8-speed automatic. It's a lofty 8,600 RPMs creating 670 horsepower. It's an all-aluminum block. A cylinder block with um, all the the great stuff. And one guy builds the motor, folks. One person builds the motor, and then they sign off on that motor. And it's got all the larger tires, uh, big brakes on it, the aero package. It's a unique Z07 performance package. And, again, it's a pearl white car. And, man, I can't wait to buy some tickets up there this weekend, Kurt. Yes, and uh, it's uh, even though we probably won't see the car in its physical form, uh, it's it's under construction right now. We're told, right? And uh, they'll ha- they'll have it available. Look at for that the winter. Look at that motor course. right there, folks. Yeah, man, that's a great deal. And they're also going to be giving away uh, a four ten sprint car. When are they going to do that, Kurt? Uh, the Every 410 other year, Sprint right? Car is going to be in November, uh, December of 2024 mm-hmm. is when they'll give that. They do that every two years. So uh, the next drawing for the Sprint, but they got the Sprint Car, and they're selling tickets for that now, but that drawing is not until December of 2024. Yeah. Um, Cole, he, he made an inter- interesting statement here. Cole Kane did. He said, Topeka is another prime example of developers greasing scumbag politicians to tax another landowner off of a piece of property. Yeah, it, it, none of it makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, how they came up with a, a property tax valuation of $9 million when the guy paid $2.4 million for the for the track, and if he didn't step in, who would have? Now they'll get nothing. That value is not worth anything now that the NHRA has made the announcement that they're going to move the event to I-70 Motorsports Park. don't think that Chris Payne isn't going to get a lot of money out of that place. But the the county... The the value of that land is worth tons of money. But the county is not going to get their tax revenue that they thought they would now. Well, either sales tax or property tax. If Chris Payne doesn't think that he needs to pay him, then so be it. But if they'd have worked with him, they would have been able to come up. In in my mind, a percentage of something is better than 100% of nothing. And that's just exactly what the Shawnee County and the city of Topeka are going to get. Nothing. 
So? So? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they that, should have that just That brought in uh, at... Listen, a, 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 a study was done about 10 years ago. That event brought in about 60 million. That event alone brought in about $60 million of economic impact to that area. The whole facility at one time brought $150 million of annual economic impact. So to that what is city. wrong? What is wrong with that coming to Kansas City? Nothing, but it, it's 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 great for Lafayette County and eastern Jackson County. It's great. For this area, but for the city of Topeka and Shawnee County to not work with Chris Payne on making that work out there and giving him the the property tax valuations of what the property was worth of what he paid for it is unconscionable. It's it's stupid. It's doesn't none of it makes any sense. It's as though they don't want that facility to be there. Right. Marie- and so it's a loss for them, but a big win for Lafayette County and Eastern Jackson County and Kansas City. It's a big win. Yeah, no doubt. For the about state it. of Missouri, it's a big win. Yeah. Marie said, used to be like that at Bridgeport Speedway. Move the pits outside of turns one and two, pit passes for fans at the front gate. You can sit in the stands on the front stretch and get access to the pits. Best thing ever, best thing they ever did. I hated walking clear across the infield to get to the pits. Yeah, and that that's the downside about I seventy Motorsports Park is the pits are so you got to make a long walk from the grandstand on the north side of the racetrack to the pits is way over on the other side. That's a long walk, especially for those people that are parked in behind the grandstand to walk all the way over to the pit area after the races and then back, you're not going to have many people do that. No. Matter of fact, a good example of that, I went down and talked to Betty Kofoid after the race on Friday night, and there were no fans around because it's too long a walk. Right. You know, normally the winner of a race would be have fans stacked up a long ways to come talk Listen, to Listen, when I raced at I-70 Speedway... All the fans, just about all of them, came down out of the grandstands to walk around in the pits. Now, what was cool is a Houston Speedway up there. They've got the pits in behind the grandstand, but that's not a far walk from from the fans in the grandstand. And that pit area, the way they have the haulers lined up fairly close on both sides, and that pl- that place was packed full of fans after that. I've never seen a pit area outside of Knoxville more packed of fans than it was at Houston Speedway the other night. They've got a great setup up there. But I-70, it's just too far a walk uh, to the back of the racetrack for those fans to come over there uh, where they're parked, uh, especially. At Houston Speedway, most of the people are parked near the pit area on the back side of the racetrack, so it's very convenient for them to go to the pits after yeah. the races and still get to their car. I-70, not so much. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports today. We appreciate you doing so. And uh, we we thank all of our loyal listeners that get on here each and every day with us. Uh, there's a bunch of them. So we, we don't want to shout out to any one of them. But uh, we're, we're very happy that a lot of people listen to this show We've got a lot of people that listen to this show on the East Coast. We've got a lot of people that listen to this show on the West Coast and everywhere in between. So we, we can't thank you enough for doing so. And 
again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Where are they going to race at next, Kirk? Uh, they're going to race at Nevada Speedway uh, coming up this Saturday night. Saturday night yeah. at Nevada Speedway. Oh, and by the way, congratulations to uh, uh, they had the races at uh, Nevada Speedway on Saturday night. I thought maybe they were going to have non-wing races at Central Missouri Speedway on Saturday night, but that event uh, got wiped out. But they did end up having the uh, races on uh, Saturday night at the uh, Nevada Speedway, and... Uh, I had the I had the results popped up here, but uh, while I'm looking for that, who's your pick to win the 360 Nationals this week? Um, it's going to be hard to pick against Rico. He's running a 360 car, but I'm going to be pulling for Buddy Kofoit to win that deal. Is he going to run the 360 in 360s? I I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if he is or not. But is Rico running a 360 car? He he did he did Saturday night. He was there running the three. Oh, he did. Car. So yeah. that means he he will be there. Yeah. And so last year it was Aaron Reitzel who won the uh, three sixty nationals. So uh, we'll see how that goes again uh, this year. So I'm looking forward to getting up there on Saturday night. I'll be up there for the uh, Saturday night show. So I think it uh, it should be. A, so you're not going to Lucas show. Oil Speedway? No. I'll be going to uh, Knoxville on Saturday night. So No, uh, I was going to say, Wesley Smith won his first race of the year, beating Corey Schutte on Saturday night down at Nevada Speedway in the uh, USAC Midwest Wingless Racing. So congratulations, Wesley Smith. Broke through with his first win on Saturday night. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all been brought to you by Midwest uh, uh, the Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Nevada this weekend, so get down there and check them out. And for Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Saturday morning on Track Talk. industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years